everybody, it's Chris from CRT Sports Cards, and thank you for checking out the audio version of our video series. If you want the full experience, please go to YouTube at YouTube slash CRT Sports Cards. Now, let's get to the podcast. Two and a half weeks from card number 316 weeks left in this set. Let's now wrap up week number 27 in Project 2020. Welcome back to my channel. My name is Chris, otherwise known on Twitter and Instagram as at CRT underscore sports cards. And the best website you want to visit for everything related to Project 2020 is my website, CRTSportsCards.com. And as we move through the back half of the set and get to card number 400, the big thing that we are all looking for right now is transparency in the set. We still, at this moment, do not have confirmation from Tops around how the autograph Mike Trout Derek Jeter and Frank Thomas cards are going to work or if they're even being produced still. We have very little communication from Twins Jake, the number one pre-seller of Topps Project 2020 cards. He has not posted an update in over a month and people are still wondering where their cards are at. So as we move through the back half of the set, if you're a pre-seller of Project 2020 cards, over communicate with your buyers let them know of any and all delays that are going to be happening because we know shipping is increasing at the same time there are there are odd pockets of numbers that have not shipped to large pre-sellers so at this moment as we get to card 300 you cannot communicate enough over communicate with your customers make everyone know what is going on and also tops send us a lifeline send us a message let us know what is going on with these autographs the buyers need to know how the Mike Trout, Derek Jeter, and Frank Thomas autographs are gonna work because as of right now, they are not live and no one has a clue where they are. But what we do know are the cards that released this week in week number 27. And if you go back to episode number 86 of the Project 2020 show, I talked about the first six cards of the week and the Willie Mays by Mr. Cartoon was my card of the week at that moment. Although I did forget to even purchase one copy of that card, I cannot believe that I forgot to purchase that card, but that was a theme for me this week, forgetting to purchase cards. But on Thursday, the next two cards up in the set, we had Jacob Rochester with his Ted Williams, and we had Andrew Theo with his Tony Gwynn. Andrew Theo continues his trend of doing portraits and the players that look kind of like the player, but also kind of not like the player. If you go back to the Cal Ripken and now the Tony Gwynn, both of these look kind of like the player, but not really. Cool looking card overall, not my favorite. I did really, really like the Ted Williams by Jacob Rochester. And there were three things on the card that really stood out to me on this Ted Williams. Number one, it was the background. Of course, it was not the bright yellow that you see from the original card. It was sort of a yellowish green, which I really liked. I think it worked well with the card overall. The second one was his explanation of the lettering, the font styles on the card. The font is from the family of Franklin Gothic, and this is all from his Facebook post in the Project 2020 group. It's a font that's been used on baseball cards since the 40s, and it was used on his 1954 card. So cool addition there, and we do know from other posts of Rochester, fonts uh, are a big part of his cards, and if you think back to the Ichiro, that is when I first noticed the font difference on his cards. So that was a great addition on the card itself. And then the number one feature for me 
I really, really liked Ted Williams holding the baseball with his autograph from basically his jet in his fighter pilot gear. So that was a really cool addition and a really cool homage to the original card which had his autograph. So this card at the moment going into Friday was now beating the Willie Mays Mr. Cartoon, but I was so busy this week I forgot to purchase this card and I had to go to a pre-seller to pick up three copies yesterday morning. So I was very thankful for that, but it was funny the card I liked the most of the week going into Friday I forgot to purchase. Ending out the week in week number 27 is going to be Nolan Beck, Nolan Beck. That doesn't make any sense. Ending the week number, ending the week is going to be Tyson Beck with his Nolan Ryan and then Don C with his Mark McGuire. As I said on Twitter when the card was released for Mark McGuire and Don C, my first immediate thought was what kind of career could Mark McGuire have had if he had just eaten his Wheaties and done nothing else. But at the same time, as a fan of baseball, I do not fault the players for what happened in that time period. It is the game that was played. Everyone was blind to it. It was an accepted practice. So it is what it is, basically, as they say. But I thought that was an immediate sort of thought process in mind of if McGuire had just eaten his Wheaties, what kind of career he could have had. I'm on the Nolan Ryan Tyson Beck. Another very, very super clean and classic design from Tyson Beck. You know my effect for the number three, and I love the fact how Mets was on the card three times, one time upside down. When you see this card, you know it's Tyson Beck, you know it's his design style, and if you're collecting Tyson Beck, this card is gonna go very, very well with your collection. He is in my top five to six artists in the set. I really like his work. I just wish he didn't have the lowest printed card in the set. That is the reason why I'm not collecting his set overall because I find it very difficult to go back and buy that Dwight Gooden in the current time period. So we will see if I collect him in the, in the coming years. Hopefully um, those cards do not come down to where they're affordable, but we will find out. But on Friday, the Nolan Ryan was a great card. And again, the Don C. McGuire, very typical of a Don C. card. It really makes you think and they're not so uh, simplistic when you first see it. And in the middle of all of these releases this week, I received probably the biggest surprise mail day I could ever expect in the project. And FDOT sent me a care package, and I just have to publicly, in a video format here, thank FDOT for what he sent me. And the funny part here is when you think of, of, of how I collect and, and what I collect and what I keep um, sort of sacred in a sense, if he had just sent me this cardboard, I would have loved it. I would have been happy just with that because it has his autograph and a message to me around his appreciation for what I have done. But ultimately, this is appreciation for every artist. Look, there's no Project 2020 show. There's none of this without the 20 artists putting out all of their work. So to get that handwritten note from FDOT was just fantastic. But then he included in two signed cards from his collection and very, very nice to see a Ted Williams and a Jackie Robinson, the two players I am collecting in this set, and then the print of his companion series, which I thought was just fantastic. So thank you, FDOT, for everything you sent me. I greatly appreciate it. It's gonna go on display. I do not have a frame yet for that print. Once I do, it'll go on the wall back there, and you'll see it on the video going forward. So I'm patiently, or trying to get that done as fast as I can, but thank you again for the care package, I greatly appreciate it. Now, one thing we have not talked about really in depth in a while is the market overall. And 
But I'm gonna take the market discussion here in a little bit different of a format. I do wanna reference and have you go to the website for all of the pricing. I'm not gonna go into the pricing in depth, but I'm gonna take an angle of the pricing and show you where there's potential value, where no one is looking at the moment, where people are getting crushed on the front end, but you can win on the back end. I will say though, pricing right now overall is rather low. Prices continue to drop. The Ichiro Bin Baller continues to drop. We are not seeing that card anywhere near 2000 now. It is comfortably under 1500 And when I talked a couple of weeks ago, I said, hey, maybe an offer at 1500 was the right number, maybe 1450 But right now, that card can be had for under 1400 bucks. So it's a very difficult time for the set. And I think the challenge is when that card comes down, it depresses the value of every other card. That card needs to continue to grow or at least maintain its value so other cards can grow underneath it. But if that card continues to fall, others will fall. Not at the same rate because that card is so far out in front of the set, but that card will, will, will give other cards challenges in the set. For example, like Jackie Robinson Natural, that card can be comfortably had under 350 right now. There are no, right now at the moment of this video, no auctions for that card. They're all buy it now. So we will see if somebody decides to list one at auction to see where it goes. But the last couple of sales have been under 350. So before you make a first or second or even forgotten seven price or purchase, check the pricing, check the trends on the website so you are making the best offer overall. Um, the other flip side here is the first player cards have not been that active from a volume perspective this week. They've been very, very low. So when you think about the Jackie Robinson natural and other cards, maybe this is the moment we see it shift and we see prices go back up a little bit because the market is drying up. It is nearly the end of September. We are now in the last three months of this set as a live set. I have said that the set doesn't really begin until after 400, but in the moment, we are gonna see what happens. I can't see prices get much lower, especially on the harder to find cards, but we will find out, we'll see what happens. But here is where I want you to pay attention to in the market, and it is with the graded cards from Beckett and PSA, but specifically here from Beckett. And to set the stage here a little bit, I put out a video way back in June, episode number 27, I'll have it linked right here, around my initial thoughts on sending these cards in for grading. And of course the market then was very different, but the premise of my thought process still is the same as that video. So if you've not seen that video, please check it out. And also if you're following me on Twitter and Instagram, you know that I've been on a recent sort of, uh, not a buying spree, but I've been picking up graded cards um, that I find as a deal at the moment or that I think they are very undervalued. And what I have done here is I've taken a look back at every graded card from a BGS perspective and specifically at BGS 9.5. I will say there are various degrees of a BGS or Becca grading of a 9.5 gym mint. The key here is a G BGS 9.5 gym mint is gonna have a gold label. And from a visual perspective, that looks a lot better than a nine. The challenge here with Beckett, because they do subgrades, and by the way, if you're gonna send these in for grading, please do not do the cheaper non-subgrade route. That Those prices are actually even lower than this. People are paying a premium for the subgrades. But if you have a BGS 9.5 in all of the subgrades, 
R9.5. That is a true gem mint card, and that's actually going to get a little bit higher of a value than a BGS 9.5 with a subgrade of a 9 on one of the four categories. You cannot have a BGS 8.5 subgrade and get a 9.5, but there is cards out there, and some of the ones that I purchased do have a 9 subgrade. But if you're looking for a true gem mint card, go after ones with four 9.5s versus three. But that is all personal preference on what you prefer. It doesn't matter to me one way or the other if there is a nine on a 9.5 or if there are multiple tens on the 9.5. The market will set the pricing overall. That's just sort of the entry level to explanation of BGS 9.5 because there are various degrees of 9.5s in the set. What I care about here is the, the long-term value of the set overall. And I've always said, if more casual buyers come into this set who are, who are fans of graded cards, who have a massive collection of graded cards, the graded cards could take off exponentially in this set. The challenge is there is a risk. The risk is simple. You have to take them out of the case to figure out if they are gradable or not. And that is a value trap right there. You could open up a, uh, a Mike Trout Ermsey and it'd be scratched on the surface and you just lost a couple of hundred dollars. So my number one thing is I do not want to be the person who takes the risk of opening up a card. My ultimate move here is to purchase him on the back end for this one simple reason. The prices people are getting for these cards at the moment are not justifying the risk of opening up the card and that presents the buyer, us, a great opportunity to obtain a card that has a industry standard grading system for a very small amount over the actual base card of the set. Now, I will say there are a couple of cards here and these are very, very high printed cards that are going for three to four X the base card price. But that is strictly on the Matt Taylor, Derek Jeter, and the King Saladin. I have my, my list here real quick of all the prices, but like the King Saladin, Derek Jeter, that is selling the average base value of $25. The graded card went for $75, so that's a 3X gain on that card. And then on the Matt Taylor, that's roughly a $10 to $11 card that went for $60. So that is a massive 5X gain or 6X gain on that card. But we are not seeing that same increase on the other cards. A good example here is a Frank Thomas Ben Baller. The average sale price of that card is about $175 right now. The graded 9.5 went for $155. So because no one is looking at these cards, there's, there's a potential for a fantastic deal on these cards. And just running down the list here, a couple of other cards that are actually selling for more than the base card, but very, very little. Like a Sophia Chang, Jackie Robinson. That card sold graded 9.5 at $83. The base card's about $65 when that card ended. So $17 or $18, if that, it's $17 right there. That's not worth the price of grading. That person actually took a loss on that card to get it graded from the perspective of how much it costs to get that card in a 9.5. JK5 Ted Williams, that card graded sold for $288. That card can be had raw around 220. So that's $60, that's about 30% gain. But here again, that's not that much of a value increase to justify the risk of grading. Uh, you know, Tyson Beck, Ken Griffey Jr., 
a base card of $40. That went on graded at $76. Now, there are a couple of extremes here, like Old Man Allen uh, Mariano. That card went graded for $315. The base price is right around $190. So that's a 60% gain on that card. That is what you'd expect to see in these cards right now, 60, 70, 80%. I don't know if we're in the doubling fact, the doubling category yet on these cards, but there are a ton of deals out there right now when you just look at the base value versus the graded 9.5 value. And for example, like Joshua uh, Vitas Dwight Gooden, that card sold graded at 206, base card of 210. So it goes without saying, if you're looking for value right now in the set and you think of this set in the mainstream of the hobby, the graded cards pre present you a great value opportunity. Now, who knows if graded cards at the end of the day are going to be the most sought after cards, but if I can buy a raw card for 200 or I can buy a graded card at 240 or 245, I'm picking that graded card all day long versus the raw card because I know what I'm getting. And as more people come into the set, they're going to want to know what they're getting. And a BGS 9.5 offers you offers your buyer that guarantee they know what they're getting. Now, right now, as of this morning, what is available on eBay for BGS 9.5? There's only three cards up right now, and I would not buy those. They are all listed by Probstein, and we know if you're if you've been around the hobby for a long time, you know his auctions go for quite a quite a bit of money because there is potential for shield bidding on the original purchaser of the card or the owner of the card because of how the system works. I'm not accusing him of, of, of shield bidding, I'm just saying what is out there with the hobby. So I don't think those three cards offer you um, any kind of value at the moment. Watch those auctions this week and when they end, but as more get listed this week, take a look at them because people are not searching them and your cards are either going for lower than the base card, right at the base card, or just barely above. There is very few cards out there that are going for two, three X the base card. And if they are, it's just the small value cards. So graded cards right now, if you're looking to make a purchase, if you're looking for some potential long-term value, there is a value in these cards. And while you're here looking on eBay for those graded cards, do yourself a favor, hit that subscribe button so you stay up to date with Project 2020 as I deliver you a video every Thursday and Sunday morning. And this is the best channel for you on YouTube for everything related to Project 2020.